I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. This episode of Publishing Secrets is sponsored by the Connect and Convert Content Club for Christian Authors. You know what? I get it. You just want to glorify God, write, connect with your readers, and earn a comfortable living. You don't want to be stuck in this never-ending cycle of planning, researching, and creating content. You know that you need to build an author platform. You've heard that again and again, but the question is how? With everything that I have on my plate, How do I do this in a way that really connects with my audience? Well, here's the good news. The Connect and Convert Content Club was created with you in mind. It's going to relieve the stress, save you time, and help you build a brand and a following quickly. So join us in the Connect and Convert Content Club. You'll find the link in the show notes to learn more, and you'll never have to worry about what to post again. When is it too late to begin again, to follow the nudge that God has placed in your heart to write? Is it in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s? Well, if you ask me, it's never too late. If you're still here, there's still more that God wants to do through you. And I can't think of a better person to bring this belief to light than my guest this week on Publishing Secrets, Carol Flett Neelings. Listen, Carol has had a journey like many of us, one full of ups and downs. There's been times where she felt in alignment with what God was calling her to do. And then there were times where she got off course. And I believe that God uses our missteps, our painful experiences to give us new perspective, perspective that we can share with others in the form of wisdom. The Bible is full, Proverbs specifically, is full of so much wisdom. And we are blessed to get wisdom through the experience of others. So today, you're going to have the pleasure of hearing my conversation with Carol, and there are going to be so many nuggets, a personification of Lady Wisdom, if you will, that can guide you in your journey as you're pursuing God's call. It's never too late. You're still here. God has a purpose and a calling for you, and it's my prayer that Carol's journey will inspire you to answer the call with a yes. Enjoy. All right, Carol, welcome to Publishing Secrets. Certainly honored to have you here with me today, all the way from Canada. 
<laughs> I'm looking Thank forward. You. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation and learning from your wisdom. I can tell through the conversations that we've had that God has blessed you with wisdom. And I just believe that our conversation is going to be a blessing to our audience. So I, I appreciate you making time to be here with us today. Thank you. I appreciate being here. I think you're doing a wonderful job and I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Awesome. Well, you know, we were talking about just before we got started, how I am so just impressed with what you're choosing to do with this season. You know, you are in your 70s. I get a chance to talk to lots of people with dreams and goals that they want to pursue. And sometimes, Carol, once they get to a certain age, they feel like it's too late. But you're still writing and you have still so many ideas of things that you want to do. I'd love to hear from you, you know, what's your perspective on this season in in your life? What do you really want this time to be about? Well, I fully believe that, first of all, when your life is over, that's when your mission is done and not before. And I believe that if we just settle down and say, okay, this time is just for me to relax, it's not going to be really a life worth living. You may as well just go home. And I, I also know that this story, my story that uh, I wrote my life story, would not have had the same kind of ending had I written it sooner. And I'm also able to look back with hopefully a lot more maturity and see what has transpired. But also I look at the younger generation and it is compelling to me to be able to give my testimony, to be able to say, hey, maybe this can help you. I don't know if they're a lot like me. When I was younger, it was hard for me to take advice from my elders. And at the same time, there's so much they had learned that I was going to have to go through because I wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. And I learned by stories. Personally, I learned by stories. And I know already from just the few people that I have talked to that have read this story that it is helping them. So I can still be useful. I don't have to say, okay, I'm going to be 73 this month. So, you know, it's time to just settle back. It's time to sit back and enjoy. Well, I couldn't enjoy life if I wasn't helping somebody. I just couldn't. Wow. I love just hearing you talk about that. It almost sounds like you feel like you have a bit of a responsibility to share from your life experiences in hopes that it would help someone else. Well, I guess that's true, isn't it? Because the Bible says to the older women, says to teach the younger women, yeah. be good wives, be good mothers. And basically, that's, that's not my calling to 
teach you how to understand complicated concepts. Mm-hmm. That's not my calling. My calling is, according to God's word, to teach you how to be a good mom, a good wife, just a good woman. It's a do thing, not just a, a no thing. Mm. That's good. And we need that example. We need the wisdom that you have from your experiences. You're right. Often we, uh, sometimes we're a little hard-headed and we don't want to listen. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't That's mean you me. shouldn't say it. <laughs> you should well, still that was say me. It. So, so I understand. I mean, you know, I was pretty hard-headed myself. I knew I was right. Who was anybody else to tell me? Mm. It's funny how... You uh, see things so differently as you get older. Yeah. Because you see the results of your actions. Mm -hmm. Where as you're going along, you have a young child, maybe you're, you're in a new marriage or, you know, and it's all bright. It's all wonderful. And there's a lot more of how can I do things for me, maybe than There's not as much of looking at each action and saying, what is this going to result in 20 years from now? Hmm. You know, I mean, we're all human. That's the way we are. That's true. When you get a little closer to the other side than you are to the first part of your life, you're looking more at, okay, my Time here is nearing its end. And you start to see things from a totally different focus. You know, you're going to get there. Everybody's going to get there to that point where we are ready for the other side. And some of us get there before we want to, really. But when we're nearing the other side, the whole focus of the past looks different. It really does. I'm not just saying that. It's like, can't I show you what this did to me? Hmm. You know, and that's the way I look at things now. And I'm, I am very glad that God has given me an outlet for what he wants me to share. If I didn't have that, I'd just be talking to the nearest stranger. And sometimes I do to testify, to testify what he has done. And I just, I believe that. I love that. It's an opportunity to testify as you have shared. And with books, you get an opportunity to testify to a wider range of people. Whereas in one-on-one conversation, as amazing as it is, it's one person, you know, it's one person, or even if it's a small group, it's, 20, 30 people. But with this, you have the potential to impact so many lives. And I can tell that that is your heart's desire. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was reading in the path he chose for me, your, your brother wrote the forward for you and he quoted you. And I'd like to share this quote with you and give you an opportunity to share a little bit with our audience on why this was so important to you. So he says that you said this to him. I know that every part of my life had a purpose, whether I see it now or not. 
God's plan was being fulfilled as I yielded to his will. Even my mistakes caused me to lean closer to him and to learn to love him more deeply. Tell us a little bit about that knowing that you have, that everything good and not so good was a part of God's purpose and plan for you. Well, I firmly believe in the verse that says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And I believe that I'm called according to his purpose. I believe that uh, he knows me and I know him. So he knew all about the mistakes I was going to make, but he knew a big part of my book focuses on the pride aspect of my life. Being raised in a Christian home and being saved as a four-year-old, and I do remember that experience, and it was a very important experience to me. But the easiest sin to fall into when you grow up in that kind of an atmosphere is the sin of spiritual pride. And that had to be dealt with. It had to be dealt with, and especially spiritual pride. I think that's about the worst kind there is because the Pharisees had it all together, but they were so proud of the fact that they were the ones that Jesus had the worst to, well, had the worst things to say about, right? And my problem had a lot to do with spiritual pride of, and pride in general. Pride in the fact that I was a good mom. Oh, I, I would never have children like so-and-so, you know. Yes, I'll pray for them, but I'll pray that they'll learn how to be a good mom until my kids went astray. And it's, it's all in my book, but God gave me some real, a real serious talking to. I was in the midst of a Mother's Day church service, crying my eyes out because they were talking about good women, good mothers, and how they produce such good children. And here I was crying my eyes out saying, why, Lord, you know, I've done my best and I've been a good mom and look where my children are. And he he said, OK, why are you crying? Is it just because your children are on the road? Two of your children are on the road to hell. Is that why you're crying or is there something else? Hmm. And I had to think about it and realize that. My biggest reason I was crying was because my pride had been thrown in the ditch. Mm. And he had to put me through that so that I would look at others and say, I'm going to pray for you. Mm. I'm going to pray for your children because I know how you're hurting. And because... It can happen to anybody. And I'm no better than you are. And I had to learn that. And a lot of things that I went through, it was the same thing. It was my pride. 
And without going through each of those trials, first of all, I would be a proud, conceited person who the type of person God cannot use, mm. right? And secondly, I wouldn't be able to be used of God. Because I went through these things, I can talk to others. I know I've had the biggest comments, the most common comment on my books, especially in person or on emails, is I am so glad your book is just raw. It's tells it like it is, and you're willing to share your failures because it's helped me. So I know that God uses my failures. Hmm. It's what he does. It is what he Just, does. That's my father. Hmm. That's my father, my heavenly father. I love that. He, he does. He takes... He takes everything, the good things, the not so good things. And he somehow in his infinite wisdom is able to work them together for our good and allow us, as you have shared, to be of good to other people, (laughs) right? Because sometimes he has to take us through things so that our character can be developed. And as you were sharing, I think about so many examples in scripture, you know, we are not alone as we go through this process. All of the great leaders that we, or many of the great leaders that we admire, Moses, David, Joseph, all of them had to go through a character development process. There was a promise that God had for them, but they had to be developed and they had to grow and mature into the person that could really walk into that. And so you're in good company. You're in good company because other great people have gone through that. You know, there's another quote that on another segment from your book, the path that God chose for me that I want to want to share and have you expound upon because it ties very closely into what you just shared about how you've made some mistakes and that God has used your failures. And this couldn't have been an easy thing to open up and share. And here's what you shared early on in the book. You said, my story will not be easy for me to write. Honesty is essential in an autobiography, but honesty is painful. How does one focus the glaring light of truth on their own humbling weaknesses? But this I must do if this story is to be real. I'd love to talk a little bit about this, Carol, because, you know, as writers, as authors, we have the ability to control what we put into our work, but you made a conscious choice here to be brutally honest and real. Talk to us about why you feel that's so important. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what I just said, that I know that uh, it would just be a book otherwise and you know it would be another piece of pride and I know that sharing those things is what made my story it's what made me and 
all the things couldn't have happened unless I had gone through that process. It also, there's things in there that I'm sure there are many people who go through that are very ashamed of and are too ashamed to bring it out into the open where it can be dealt with, right? I mean, even just the pride part, there's more. There's a lot more in my book. But unless you share it, you're going to hang on to it, right? The Bible says share your faults with one another. And I believe that's very important. Now, sharing it with the world is tricky. (laughs) Sharing it with the whole wide world in a book. Yeah. That's really tough. But unless I share it, what I went through, I don't think, like there's some people that it's going to take reading my book and understanding and, and hearing it from somebody else to be able to share it themselves. I'm the type of person that learns by stories. And that's why I wrote my story. That's why what I've done is in story form. I don't teach biblical truths any other way than just telling my story because that's how I learn. And I think there are plenty of other people like me out there. Jesus must have known that. He told enough stories himself, right? It wouldn't be truthful. It wouldn't be honest unless I shared the things I am the most ashamed of. Hmm. I share good things too. And there were a lot of exciting, wonderful things in my story. But I have to share both sides. I mean, you think of any novel, any story, unless you've got a conflict. That's right. You haven't got a story, Mm -hmm. right? And I... I believe that God directed my story, and I, I believe that he chose the, from the beginning to the end mm. of my story. And uh, he chose for me to tell the tough parts. He chose, like I said, to wait until I had the beautiful ending for my story. That is an awesome ending. Amen. You're still writing, you're still contributing, you're right. still dreaming. So who knows what more there is in store for, yes. us, for us from Carol Nealon's. You just never know. <laughs> and I'm still at work. I'm still at work at it. And uh, I had a slow start getting going at writing. From the time I was very, very little, I was writing stories in my head about me. I, I, I was shy. I never talked, but I wrote the most amazing stories in my head. You know, even stories about me being a writer, but it shared the same level as walking on water. <laughs> it was, I, I had those stories too. I even, I even had a story about owning a phone that actually could see the people I was talking to. And I mean, it was just a total fantasy that, uh, But writing was, I was dyslexic, so I could not believe that I 
really believe, you know, I could put it in my dreams, but I could never believe that I would really be a writer because I could barely read to start with. It took me a lot more work than it would take most children. I knew I was smart. I never thought I was dumb and I couldn't understand why I couldn't read. And then I couldn't spell when I finally got to read and I couldn't spell. So of course I couldn't be a writer because I couldn't spell. My teachers always told me I was careless because they didn't know about dyslexia back then. But God gave me the opportunity. My husband back then loved computers. So he got a computer and I hated it until I found out it had a spell check. And that, that was the start of me being able to actually write a spell check. Wow. And to be able to correct yeah. Yeah. Now, Carol, what age were you then when you started tinkering around with spell check? It was in about the 1990s. So I'll tell you how old I was. Not exactly how old I was, but my youngest daughter was in high school. And I went to night school and took grade 12 English. And in grade 12 English, I had a teacher who was fascinated by my writing. And she said her favorite author was Jean Little. It's a children's writer, I believe. And she said, your writing is so much like Jean Little. She had me read some of her books. And... I thought that's kind of neat, but I had started on an assignment. Like you give assignments in your, the connect and three day challenge I went through. I love those assignments because it gets me thinking. I love going through that. And I was given an assignment that I started thinking of one of my mother's stories. And I started, I wrote a portion of a chapter it's just supposed to be the first paragraph or something. And I got the first paragraph done and then I started going on and the teacher read it and she was really impressed with it. And I, I thought, you know, I should go ahead and do this. It was, it's fun to talk to my mom. My mom was a storyteller. My friends would come to our door and say, can your mom come out and, and tell us stories? So she told us stories of of her life growing up in, in Russia during the revolution. And so I got together with my mom and we started writing Susie's story. And it took off. I was, I was enjoying it. She was enjoying it. She was remembering things that she hadn't thought of for a long time. And I took what I had of the book. I, I sent the first four chapters, I guess, to a few different publishers and One of the publishers said it was really good, but they're not accepting books for, this was directed at young adults. And uh, he said, if you have anything else, send it to them. But other than that, I was getting rejections. I had a neighbor down the road who was an author, Mark Thurman, and uh, he did writing workshops. And I went and talked to him and he, he took what I had written and read it. And he said, well, the problem you have is that 
your story is starting with the child as a three-year-old. You have to start at the age you are writing to. And I thought, okay, that's great. And I thought about it and thought about it. And just about that time, I started taking art in class, in a night school class. And my direction shifted to painting. You know, anyone with an artistic nature, our biggest problem is we generally have too many irons in the fire because we want to go too many directions at once. So my first painting sold for $1,000. And I thought, hey, this is great. And I dropped my book. And I got going with my art. That's a whole nother story. It's in my book. Another failure. I was a good artist, but a failure in listening to God. And so when I finally did get back to Susie's story, it was after a whole lot of things had happened. And then I was at the point where I don't want to do this. With with going the art route, I was promoting Carol. I don't want to promote me anymore. So I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then my niece, who is a published author, was writing a book along the same line, using examples from her grandfather, my dad's story. And it was, she was getting it published through a Mennonite publishing house. And she said, your story would work for that too. Why don't you go back to it? And I started thinking about it and I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And my husband said to me, he said, you know, your your paintings really didn't draw people to Christ. But this story would have that potential. And so I went to the Lord about it. And of course, I was asking him for an answer. And a lot of times when I'm talking to the Lord, he answers me straight out of the Bible. Just a verse just pops up. And what popped up was, it's in Psalms, here at Psalm 58, it talks about, teach your children in parables. Tell your children and your children's children what the Lord has done for you. And I thought, okay, mom would like to tell her children's children what the Lord had done for her, and I can do that. You know, so I went ahead and I wrote the story, and it was used by God. I wrote the story when I went to publish it with the publisher that I thought I could get in with. They said, oh, we've canceled that series now. We can't take it. And so I thought, okay, what do I do now? Well, I was involved with ACE, Christian Schools, Accelerated Christian Education. And God gave me the opportunity to put my books out in the schools and some of the schools in Canada the conventions they had, they they had my books there. And I did that. I, I spoke at various conventions and I did workshops in some of the schools to teach children how to write and uh, a few things like that. So it did sell, but not maybe to the extent that Carol, the promoter of Carol would have dreamed of, but it led souls to Christ. 
Mm-hmm. We worked for a while on a on a reserve teaching school in a reserve up north beyond where the roads go. And I saw children coming to the Lord after we read that book in school. And we read it a little bit every day to the students. And they started giving their heart to the Lord. And then I had some of the students coming to me and saying, I have to confess a lie I told you. Susie's story was about a lie and about lying. And so it was used, even even seniors. I had one lady that uh, she had nothing to do with God, but her, her son, who was a preacher, gave her the Susie's Story series, and she read them three or four times. She started going to listen to him preach. And by the end of her life, which was shortly after that, she, I believe she'd given her heart to the Lord. I don't have all the details, but she was his uh, strongest member of his church. <laughs> and uh, so I know that it blessed and I, I knew that it was for a purpose. So that's how I got going. Then I did the series. Then I took quite a long break before God led me once again to start my writing career. Wow, that's such a touching story. It it just just gives us a reminder of how important it is to share our testimonies and our stories because so many Mm -hmm. people can be blessed by it. And, And as you shared, look at how God is using your Susie stories and the path he chose for me to draw people to him. And that's Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal through everything that we do. So I want to make sure that our listening audience, if they want to glean from your wisdom and, and learn how to make the most of the days that they have ahead of them, I want to make sure that they can get copies of your book. So will you tell us where's the best place for our listening audience to go to learn more about your books? Okay, they are listed on Amazon. I have an author's page. So if you went to Carol Neelans or Carol Flett Neelans, which was my name before, and looked up one of the books, The Path He Chose for Me by Carol Neelans, or The Susie Series by Carol Flett Neelans, either of those would get you to my stories and you can uh, you can read a portion of them right on on Amazon that's the easiest way I have a blog at the moment I have a website that's starting but it's still under construction <laughs> but I do have a blog and that's the path he chose for me blogspot.com where I have stories of well from day to day. I'm still writing my story. And I will, I hope, have a podcast, Lord willing, one of these days soon, because I have been looking for podcasts of people who told stories about their incidents in their life. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still looking, I'm still waiting to find some other than chicken soup for the soul. 
I actually went to that, thought there should be some connected with this. And my podcast is going to be stories of faith in action. Hmm. Faith in action. So if anyone is interested before my website is done, the only way to get a hold of me probably is through email. And my email address is Q, that's H-U-G-H dot Carol dot Neelans at gmail.com. And if you have a story of how God did something for you, that's a story of faith in action. I'd like to work with these stories. I'm hoping I will do some of my stories that are not in my book, some of my mom's stories that are not in her books, but I'd also like to get a few guests on too, once I get it figured. So certainly inspired by all that you are up to, like your brain is still thinking of more and more things that you could do. So podcast, Mm -hmm. you're still writing your blog, you're continuing to challenge yourself and looking for new ways to impact people. You are truly, Carol, you are truly an inspiration to others. And I want to ask you to just inspire us one last time before we conclude today, because, you know, our listening audience is full of writers and authors who have their stories to tell. And I know that You've been writing for a while. You've had this passion for a while. You've also got a lot of great life experiences that we can learn from. So I wonder if you had an opportunity, which I'm going to give you in just a second, to speak to those aspiring authors out there. What is your number one piece of advice for them as they move forward in their author career? Okay, I would say that my number one piece of advice is Ask yourself, what is my motivation for writing? Is it to make money? You know, we need to make money. We need to make money with our writing. Is it to make a name for myself? You know, or just to prove that I can do it. Check your motivation because if you go back to the Bible, it says... Seek ye first. I always in King James because that's what I was grown up with. So um, (laughs) seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So the very first motivation before making a living is, am I doing this to uplift Christ? Is everything that I say and do Is it because I'm seeking his kingdom first? Am I doing it for him and for others? If you're doing it for others, you're doing it for him, right? And if that's not your motivation, you may lack the blessing that God wants to give you. And, oh, you may sell. You may sell 100,000 books. You may be a bestseller. But that doesn't mean you're blessed. And if you want to write and be blessed in your writing, you first have to bless others. And so that's, that's the one thing. If you focus on that, start your book 
with prayer daily. Seek God for what he has to say through you. And if you're doing that and you're not in the back of your mind thinking, oh boy, this is good. You know, I'm going to be a great writer. I mean, I went through that. I had to, before I could get to the place where I could actually write Susie's story, I had to drop that. It had to be gone from my focus. And I believe that that is a key as a Christian writer. You know, when the first time I connected with you, I think I, I said, you know, I've gotten advice from other websites and that, but what I need is to hear the focus of someone who is a Christian writer, who looks at it from a Christian point of view. And I've been so thankful for that. I've been blessed to meet you and go through your workshop because that's what you teach as well. So I'm thankful for that. Well, Ms. Carol, I'm thankful for the opportunity to talk with you and to give you another opportunity to share your wisdom with others. Listen, we just multiplied it again. So you're sharing through Susie's series, through the path he chose for me, and now through Publishing Secrets, you have reached even more people. And I just know that God is pleased with your heart for others. So thank you again for being here with us. And we wish you God's best as you move forward. Thank you so much. And God bless you too. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.